0: Hi, my name is Kayla and I am just over on my corner of the internet, minding my own motherhood. Mind Your Own Motherhood is on every podcast streaming platform, so subscribe and join us over here every Mind Your Own Motherhood Monday. You see by the title, and today I'm going to be talking about my mental health journey, if you have been following me for any amount of time, you would know that this is going to be a very long, very eventful podcast episode. Um it's hard for me to talk about in some areas especially what has been newer, and so I'm going to go over my entire mental health journey. Now, I do want to put a trigger warning in here that I'm going to be talking about depression, anxiety, um, and suicide, as well as postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. So all of those (laughs) are what I'm going to be talking about today. It has been a very long, long journey and I'm gonna start at the very 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 beginning. Now if you guys have been following me for any amount of time and have heard me talk about my mental health journey you would know that at six years old is really when I can remember feeling depressed. Now it wasn't just like sadness it was like it's crazy because you would think like you can't remember six years old you know like But this year was so impactful on me negatively that I 100% can remember this year specifically. Now, up until then, I don't really remember much. Um, And that will kind of be a theme throughout this whole thing because I do also have PTSD. And I'm going to kind of get into that. Um, So my childhood was a really traumatic one i'm just gonna put it bluntly like to a lot of people looking on the outside you may see all of the stuff we did we used to go to concerts all the time we traveled um we mostly traveled when i was older um but like we traveled and to the outside person We looked like a normal, happy family, and unfortunately, that was not the truth. That was not the case. I grew up in a very emotionally and mentally abusive household, um, mostly after my brothers had left. They are six and seven years older than I am, so um, they kind of didn't get the shit end of the stick like I did just to put it bluntly even they can look back and be like wait a second like you had a great childhood like and for my mental health like 100% I can say that that was not the case they grew up with parents that were decent and now I want to put in here my mom is amazing she is amazing and she was also abused in a way so she is my rock and there's that but yeah moving on so I was about six years old and this is really when I can start to like piece my memories together before then it was like little spurts here and there. My first memory that I can remember is when I was 3 and my grandma died. So, um that was like my very first memory that I even had. Um but yeah, when I was 6, I was in I was in first grade, I believe. No, I think I was in kindergarten. I was in kindergarten. So, I went to this same elementary school from kindergarten until fifth grade because in sixth grade they actually moved us to middle school. So I went to this same elementary school and let me just tell you, I I was bullied so badly Um, and that's why I can like remember the year that... I had depression is because my home life was shit (laughs) I was being abused there Um, and I just want to clarify mental and emotional abuse is still abuse it takes a toll on your mental health especially when you're a child no I may not have had physical bruises but I have bruises that will never heal and so Moving on, um, I was just very badly bullied in school and at home, and so I had no safe place to turn. I didn't have really any friends. Um, Actually, when I was in, I believe, second grade, I think, I went over to one of my friend's house for her birthday, and um, our, like, whole friend group went over to her house and they decided to lock me out of the house, and so even my friends were just absolute horrible to me. They were not real friends, and, you know, telling my parents this, they actually blamed me for it. So, you can imagine being taunted by your best friends, who you thought were your best friends, and then, you know, having that not not be how it is to other people um you know your parents are supposed to be the ones that love and cherish you forever and mine just weren't so um but yeah so there are tons and tons and tons of stories mostly I was bullied for my smile if you guys don't know i have a crooked smile i was actually born with it it is a birth defect um actually nerves in my lips didn't fully develop in the womb so i have a crooked smile and it was very very prominent when i was younger and the kids made fun of me for that (laughs) they bullied me so hard they would they would make crooked smiles with their own mouths and then laugh And so this, this went on, literally it didn't stop until I was a senior in high school. So, (laughs) um, I was extremely bullied for my smile and people would walk by me and laugh and it was just, it was just not fun. So I was also bullied for my last name as well. I don't know people are just cruel kids are cruel and there's that i mean i was bullied from kindergarten until i left high school so it was it was crazy insane and not fun so my entire elementary school career was not good I had these couple best friends that turned on me and then in middle school I had best friends that turned on me and then I was called a whore in middle school I hadn't even lost my virginity yet so I don't know how that works um but yeah it was just it was very very bad and the bullying just continued to keep on going on and I will never truly forget that. Um, I actually have entire years of my life that I don't remember because of trauma. If you guys didn't know and you have not experienced trauma, let me tell you, you are so, so, so lucky. I have entire years that I don't remember because your brain actually is trying to protect you from those years. So I want to say age nine and ten I really don't remember at all um I remember bits and pieces of eight and then there is like whole chunks of years that I just don't remember and it's hard because you're you want to stay a child for as long as possible and now that I have children I'm like no, my children need to stay children. Like, they don't deserve to take on adult things. I have always been told throughout my life, wow, you're so mature. And that would be the trauma because I had to grow up a lot faster than a lot of people did. And I think that's why I had kids so young is because I'm so mature in that way. And it's not a good thing. Like, I would have rather had been... A normal 19 year old with a normal childhood rather than growing up so extremely fast. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, really don't remember much from middle school. I remember there was this group of girls that just hated me for no reason, and it was absolute hell and that didn't stop. They followed me to my high school. (sighs) Okay, this is gonna get into a little bit of triggering stuff. Um, I'm gonna try to hold it together on this one. This is hard for me to talk about. I don't talk about it often at all. Um, (sighs) So in high school, My, I think it was my sophomore year, freshman year, people bullied me too, but really sophomore year, I was in this special math class because I had actually failed my math class from the year previous. And so I was in a special math class and there were these, I want to say there was three girls and they were just horrible they made me feel like the worst person on earth and truly they made me want to die and so that's what i tried to do it was i want to say two weeks after my 16th birthday i'm not going to go into the whole details of it but I tried committing suicide. I tried ending my life in my bathtub. I didn't know then what I know now that like it's kind of impossible for you to drown yourself. (laughs) Um, But at that time, I didn't know. Now I want to kind of talk about this a little bit. I've heard other people talk about this too. When I tried ending my life, it wasn't even... When I was trying to end my life, I felt like I was out of body, like I was actually watching someone else. And I've heard a lot of people say this as well. I didn't feel like I had control over myself, and that was scary for me. I remember being underwater And then feeling like I was back in my body and I freaked out. um, It was like immediate regret. And I don't know if this was something spiritual or if it was my gut or if it was my guardian angels. I don't know what that was, but it was immediate regret. And for me, It was really, really hard to come to terms with, I just did that. I just tried to end my own life. And I felt so much regret because if it had gone through, my mother would have walked in on me. And no mother should ever have to see that especially now that I'm a mom like and to this day my family still denies that I even had depression or that I still have depression because I will forever deal with depression and trauma and PTSD and my family thinks that I've made it up which is not fun um I actually told them when I was, I want to say, 21 or so, that I actually tried to end my life, and my family just was like, no, you didn't. (laughs) Um, If someone tells you that they are thinking about it or, or have done it, please believe them. No one makes that shit up. It's not fun. And it just causes more trauma knowing that you don't believe us. We're asking for help in that moment and knowing that you don't believe us is like telling us, throwing us to the wolves. Like that's what it's like to us. So please just believe us because I think you would rather have it not be true than to have it be true. And you did have done nothing about it so anyway <sighs> when I was when I was 17 years old um I was in a junior in high school my junior year had ended and the summer had began my parents actually got divorced now I will never ever forget this um I had actually started a job that spring and this was my first job and I went into the bathroom and I had my very first anxiety attack it was absolute hell um, but it wasn't as bad as the one I'm going to tell you about so my parents got divorced and me and my mom were looking for apartments because me and her were going to live together. My dad didn't fight for custody at all. And honestly, that kind of sucked, even though like, I didn't want him to. I didn't want him to have custody of me. I'm just gonna say that out here. But when I was 17, my mom and I were looking for apartments together. And after coming back from trying to find an apartment and not being successful again Um, I went to my bedroom and I started to hyperventilate now I had no idea what was happening I was having a full blown anxiety attack I didn't know what was happening I ran out into the living room where my mom was and I couldn't breathe I didn't know what was going on. I felt like I was going to die. And I know that sounds dramatic, but a lot of people who suffer with anxiety attacks have said this. I thought I was going to die. Because you can't breathe. It's almost like you're out of body, but you're not at the same time. It's this weird weird thing that just happens and it's not fun I don't wish that upon my worst enemy ever (laughs) um so after that my mom and I moved out and she had actually called a therapist and I thank her so much for this because if it hadn't have been for her I would have never gone I was the type of person and I still am the type of person that like hates asking for help especially mental help like (sighs) especially when I was 17 people didn't look at therapists the way that they do now you know that was six years ago and so people just didn't look upon therapists the way that they do now and I just didn't want to ask for help. I didn't want to admit that I needed help and I think that was the hardest part for me to get through is that I needed help and I thank my mom so much because I never would have gone to a therapist if it wasn't for her calling and making me an appointment and realizing that I needed help. And I thank her so much that she realized that I needed help. I think a lot of people who suffer with mental illness are kind of like, we want to hide it, but we want people to notice at the same time. We want people to notice that we're so damn depressed or that we have so much anxiety or that we're just not okay. And we want people in our lives to notice that, but we don't want to tell them because it's kind of embarrassing, to be completely honest. Um, I've worked through a lot of this (laughs) trauma and bullshit in the past five years. Five years is how long I have been out of my situational depression. and away from people that make me feel horrible about myself. So, yeah, I just thank my mom so much because she is truly the one that got me help when I needed it the most. And honestly, I don't think she would have if I didn't have that anxiety attack because depression is an invisible illness. You don't see it, you know? You think of people that are depressed as the people who cry all the time, but really, they're the people who smile the most. They're the people that are funny. And those are the kinds of people that you need to worry about in your life. And I just thank my mom for seeing that in me and getting me help, because like I said, I wouldn't have done it myself. So moving on, I went to a therapist, and really, therapy just, it didn't help me like I wish it would have. I went to therapy for six months, and you guys, I think, I think it was my first podcast episode, I was talking about um, my ADHD and whatnot, and uh, so... We talked about my depression. We actually talked about my dad. He's actually the one that drove me to the appointment. And most of it was about my father. So there was that. (laughs) And it was just, it was kind of a hard time. I don't think, I wish I would have gotten a different therapist there. She was just not for me. She may have been for someone else, but she just wasn't for me. I mean, I was 17, I was almost an adult, and it was almost like a childhood therapist. Like, she wanted me to do, like, little silly games, and I'm just like, I gotta go to work. <laughs> um, So, all of those types of things just, like, kind of built up, and I just really didn't like this therapist. I didn't open up to her a lot. And I just wish I could have gone back and been like, hey, (laughs) Kayla, you need to find a new therapist right now. Um, She just wasn't for me and that's okay. You've got to kind of find your own therapist and find who works for you and with you. Um, One thing that I really did take away from it was guided meditation. We did these things where we like did guided meditation and it was so relaxing and it got my brain just to stop for 10 minutes you know it was nice and i highly recommend it if you have anxiety i highly 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 recommend it so i always think of, of that if i have an anxiety attack um In the moment it really doesn't work for me, but if I try to do it when I'm starting to feel it coming on, it kind of lessens it a little bit. Um, So anyway, after six months I stopped seeing her and the last appointment that we had was talking about ADHD. She said that she possibly thought that I had ADHD because of my tendencies and I still at 23 years old 100% believe that diagnosis to be 100% true and I told my parents about it and I said she wants to diagnose me with ADHD and they flipped out and I never saw that therapist again I never went back to that office and there's that um parents if a doctor is saying that your child has something please believe them because all these years, I thought I was just stupid. (laughs) I thought I was so dumb and couldn't just focus. My biggest thing was reading. I still, this is kind of embarrassing to say, but I still cannot read because my brain doesn't know how to read. I don't know, but it's an ADHD thing. And so I was just missed with that, and they were in denial about that, regardless of both of my brothers having ADD and ADHD, so, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know what that was all about, but, <sighs> it just explains a lot, and it kind of sucks knowing that, like, I didn't get a diagnosis because, obviously, I didn't go back to that therapist, and so... Just kind of sucked but anyway um moving on when I was 18 I obviously graduated the bullying finally fucking stopped <laughs> I was still bullied when I was a senior in high school it was insane obviously there were mean girls and they just did not like me for whatever reason And I honestly could not fucking tell you why these girls hated me so much to where they made my life a living, they made my life a living hell. Um, but anyway, so I move out when I am 18 years old. This was the best damn decision I had ever made. Um... If you want to go hear about my moving out and everything, that's in the first podcast episode. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. And so, I was 18, I was living with Brayden, who's my husband, and we moved out together. And then, six months later, we started trying to get pregnant. (laughs) I was 19 when I got pregnant with her, and then... Here's when shit hit the fan. I got pregnant with her after two months of trying, and when I was about six weeks pregnant, I started feeling depressed again. I didn't know why. I mean, I had prayed for this baby, and I just felt so horrible that I just didn't want to live. Yes, I didn't want to live again. I had no idea that perinatal depression was a thing. And I just want to put this on here, it's a thing, guys. If you feel like you have perinatal depression, which is pregnancy depression, 100% talk to your doctor. I had no idea that this could even be a thing. All I heard about was postpartum depression. I had no idea that pregnancy depression was just as prevalent. So it gets worse, and I have my first appointment, and I'm talking to my doctor, and he goes, so how are you feeling? And I said, I'm depressed, doc. Like, I feel like I need to get on antidepressants. I had never been on antidepressants before, but it was getting really bad, and nothing was helping. So I knew that that was the route that I needed to take so he was like yeah I'll get up that um prescription for you so I start my antidepressants and my god those things were like magic to me I know a lot of people talk about like the side effects of Zoloft but when you feel like you want to die and when you feel so damn depressed you will do anything to try and make yourself feel normal again. And that's how I had to be. I had to act, I had to be on medication to just be and feel normal, you know? I was just so depressed. It was horrible. The first part of my pregnancy was truly the worst with her. Um, I had dizzy spells. I almost passed out many times regardless of like eating and drinking enough. Like it was just it was bad. So the first part of my pregnancy with her was just not great. So so I'm on my antidepressants until I hit about I want to say it was about 32 weeks. Now at this point in pregnancy, I just keep forgetting to take them. And so I'm pretty much weaned off of them already. And so I just stopped taking them. No symptoms or anything from withdrawals. By the way, if you are going to get off of your antidepressants, don't do what I did. Definitely talk to your doctor. I've done it twice now and nothing has happened, but like you may be different. So just, just don't do what I did. (laughs) Um, It's always just good to talk to your doctor. But anyway, I, I'm off of antidepressants, and I'm feeling good, I'm doing good, and I give birth to her at 37 weeks and 6 days. So I give birth to her, and I had no idea. I didn't even know about um, postpartum anxiety. I had no idea that this was a thing, and I still didn't until I gave birth to my son. Now, I didn't know that I had postpartum anxiety until I had my second baby and I didn't feel that way. And some of these things can be normal, but mine were to the extreme. So I gave birth and immediately I felt this uneasiness, I guess I could say. I would not let her sleep in her crib. Um not only that she didn't want to and so we co slept. But before I figured out that like hey I can co sleep safely, I I would not sleep if she was in her crib. I would um sometimes doze off if she was in her crib and have like night terrors that she was not breathing and I would wake up in a cold sweat. And it would run over to her and she was obviously still breathing. And that's really where it started. And it just progressively got worse, you know. It was just... I mean, some of that was like obviously normal new mom um, anxiety. But most of it just wasn't. It was to the extreme. And I just highly suggest you talk to your doctor if you're feeling that way. It was it was not good you guys It, I can't even explain to you like the feeling you know I had had anxiety my entire life and I went to a therapist for anxiety and then this was just this was just so different it was it was like anxiety on steroids <laughs> it It was just not good and I cannot even explain to you all of the things that I went through after having her but I just wish that I would have talked to my doctor about it because man it was hell hell is the best way that I can describe it but I finally realized that like I can co-sleep with her so we co-slept for an entire year Um, and that really, really helped me knowing that, like, I could feel her breathing at night. I could, I got the best night's sleep when I was co-sleeping with her. And obviously she loved it. She, she actually hated her crib, like hated her crib for the entire year. She would barely sleep in it anyway. So she didn't even want to sleep in her crib. She wanted to sleep with mama. So, uh, she got her wishes and she slept with me for the first year of her life. And then I think that ended around six months postpartum is really where four months postpartum is really where I started to feel myself again, but about six months postpartum is where like everything just felt normal. And those first six months, I don't even really remember a whole lot. And that's the saddest part. It's all a blur to me. Every single little bit of it is just a blur to me. And so I actually have to look at pictures sometimes just to remember those first six months of her life. Because my anxiety was just so bad. Um, so yeah, moving on. When she was nine months, we started trying for our second baby. And month after month after month if you guys have seen or listened to the ttc podcast episode definitely go go listen to that first um it'll kind of give you a little bit of context on the whole ttc process and you'll understand why but actually through this process i started to get depressed because i felt like my body was failing me i felt like i just couldn't do it again i felt like i just felt like my body was not meant to carry another baby And I got really, really, really depressed about that. So, it was the first month of TTC we had actually conceived. Um, And unfortunately, we lost that baby. And I actually want to do a whole podcast episode on this. I'm still grieving through that, so I really haven't talked about it much. It's hard to talk about it's more easy to like write out my feelings than it is to talk about, um, especially since I get choked up. If you don't know, we actually named her Rose. Rose May is her name. Um, but unfortunately we lost her just before four weeks pregnant. Um, so I was very early along, but it's still, it still hits me three years later. So, we didn't actually conceive for an entire year after that. So, on our 12th month of trying, we had actually conceived, and it was pretty good. I mean, he was actually a surprise pregnancy. We had actually decided to take, technically, that month, six more months off, and so, sorry, my voice is really dry right now. <laughs> um... We decided to take six more months off, and so he was actually a surprise pregnancy to us. So, at this time, I hadn't really felt much depression, um, but I was terrified. I was absolutely petrified that I would go through that again. I did not want to go through that again. I was just so not in the place to be depressed again. So... At my eight week visit, I started to feel like I was getting depressed, but it definitely wasn't to the point where it was before. But I knew that if I held off any longer that it possibly could get to that point. So my doctors had put me on my antidepressant again and I felt pretty good except for the fact that I was really tired. And now I don't know if this was the pregnancy I don't know if this was the pregnancy symptoms making me really tired and fatigued or if this was actually just my antidepressants. I still have zero clue. So going through my pregnancy, I was still on it until again about 32 weeks. (laughs) I think it's crazy that both times I got off of it around 32 weeks because I just honestly forgot to take it. And so I was just kind of weaning myself off without even realizing it. And then realizing that like, hey, I don't actually want to be on this anymore. So I got off around 32 to 33 weeks. I can't exactly remember. And then I gave birth at 38 weeks and 3 days. I am actually going to go into a whole video on their births. So um, definitely watch out for that and subscribe to the podcast. But... Um I gave birth at 38 weeks and 3 days and it was about 2 weeks of just feeling kind of a little bit baby blueish. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't anything like that. And then about 2 weeks hit and that's when it really started to get more intense. And I realized this is not baby blues. This is postpartum depression. Now, obviously as someone who has dealt with depression since the age of six, I know what depression feels like in my body. I know the signs and the symptoms of my depression and I wasn't cleaning. I wasn't taking care of the house. I could barely eat. I was not eating pretty much at all. I had actually lost all of my baby weight almost. I have now since gained it back but because I wasn't eating I had lost all of my weight so it was just really bad and and so I decided to wait until my six-week appointment um this is really where it gets hard for me I obviously go to my six week appointment. She asks me like, how are you doing? Like all the normal questions. And I said, I really am not doing well. I actually kind of downplayed it a little bit because for me, it's hard asking for help when you're going through depression. So I actually downplayed it a little bit and said, I'm just not doing well. I'm depressed and I want to get back on my meds. I said that to her. Those were pretty much the exact words that I said. And she goes, okay, um, well, you could exercise. I'm just going to let that sink in for a minute. I have a six-week-old baby who isn't breastfeeding. I was pumping around the clock. I was feeding him formula every single hour. And this bitch... (laughs) wants me to exercise. Now, for someone that may not deal with depression from the age of six, this may help. And even now, I have actually started working out four to five times a week. It does not help with my depression. And in fact, I'm getting back on my antidepressants while I'm working out. So anyway, um... (laughs) yeah she just tells me you know you can just exercise and i just sat back and i i remember this moment so vividly i felt like i was again being thrown into the wolves and i'm here asking you for help with my postpartum depression which You should know as an OB that postpartum depression is very, very real and you need to take me seriously when I'm asking for help. That doesn't mean to dismiss me, you know? So I left that appointment with zero help and I couldn't even get out of bed, you guys, let alone exercise. Like this bitch really thought that instead of me laying in bed i could just get up and exercise i don't know where that logic even comes in i don't know we definitely need more postpartum maternal mental health help out there because there's not enough you hear it on the news all the time about moms either killing their babies or killing themselves when they have a newborn and that's because there's not enough help out there. There is not enough that we do for moms. That... And there's just not enough. So, my depression was getting worse. Um, truthfully, I didn't want to be alive. And that's hard for me to say. Um... So about two weeks goes by, my depression is getting worse, and I just have to ask for help one more time. And if she tells me no, that was going to be it. And so I get back on a call with her. Obviously, the pandemic is going on. And so I get back on a call with her, and she, she prescribes me some antidepressants. Now, mind you, she already has my medical chart, knowing that, like, I've been on antidepressants three separate times. So, I don't know what, I don't know. So, anyway, um, I finally got on my antidepressants, and man, oh man, like I said, those are magic for me. I started to feel normal again, I started to feel human. I didn't just want to lay in bed and just cry all the time. I actually felt like for the first time in a long time, I felt like me because obviously if you guys didn't know, my pregnancy was horrible. And then, obviously, throughout that entire postpartum, I was just dealing with a lot of depression and then being dismissed. And for the first time in a long time, I just felt normal, like human. And that was amazing to feel. So then, fast forward to September. Um, This was about six months after getting on the antidepressants september i just realized i think either the mixture of the two because i am also on a thyroid medication um either the mixture of my thyroid medication and my um, antidepressant is just making me so groggy and so tired like i would have to take a nap around 3 p.m every single day because i just couldn't keep going and so it was just it was really bad So what ended up happening was I started just weaning myself off. Um, I had actually pretty much gone cold turkey again, which I highly don't recommend, don't recommend that. But yeah, so I get off of them in September, it is now June, and this is going up in July. I have an appointment in just a couple days to get back on my antidepressants. I have felt depression since about March, February or March, I can't remember um, really when I started to feel it. I actually didn't have seasonal depression. This is actually the first year that I never had seasonal depression, so that was weird. <laughs> um, kind of nice not feeling that. Um, but then obviously March and February hit and I get hit with depression again. So now I am 16 months postpartum and I'm getting back on my antidepressants. And I've just realized that like, I will forever deal with depression. I will forever deal with trauma. I will forever deal with PTSD. Those are things that like just won't go away and I've heard so many times like why did you have kids like you should have waited to have kids until you were completely healed and it's like if I waited to have kids until I was completely healed I would have never had kids truthfully because this kind of depression and this kind of trauma doesn't just go away and it will never go away it will stick with me forever and that's just the truth and that's okay it's okay to admit that you have trauma and that you have skeletons in your closet, essentially. Um, and that's okay. And I just want you guys to know that, like, I am here. My DMs are completely, 100% always open. Um, especially if you are having mental health issues. I highly suggest calling a doctor and not just calling your OB (laughs) um but yeah I have now healed a lot of shit (laughs) in the past five years and I'm so proud of myself for going through all of the mucky icky gross stuff that I've gone through in my life and coming out on top and saying You did not get to me. You did not take me. And that's one of the proudest things that I can even say to myself, is you did not take me. But anyway, that is my entire mental health journey. I know this was a really long podcast episode. Definitely go over to my Instagram and let me know if you guys like these longer podcast episodes Um, they probably won't be as long as this. (laughs) I've been trying to make them longer, guys. I've been really trying to make them longer. Like, I want to make them longer for you guys because I love long podcast episodes, but um, lately it's just, I just haven't had as much content to put into one single episode. But yeah, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode If you enjoyed it, definitely subscribe to this podcast and join me over here on our next Mind Your Own Motherhood Monday. Bye guys!